Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com South Connection. Welcome back to the Temple, and welcome back to Linking Up Lutras. I'm your host, Logan Croslin, and tonight we will continue to look at the characters, matches, and drama that Lucha Underground has to offer. Let me now bring in my solo co-host for the evening, uh, Scott Shifflin. How you doing, Scott? Logan, I'm glad to be here tonight. Um, you know, we're, we're kicking it with, with the new school uh, tonight with the, you know, we, we don't have um, our podcast father on, uh, Sean, as... Um, as I'll let you explain why, but um, it's uh, it, it, I'm glad to be talking with some lucha. I watched them. I watched four episodes yesterday, and mm-hmm. I thought I was burnt out on lucha. But no, you just said they weren't the best episodes. But you know what, listener, we're gonna make this episode great to listen to. Yeah, not our most uh, stellar uh, talking uh, talking abouts that we're gonna talk about tonight. But um, yes, as you probably have noticed, I did not announce that Sean Kidd was here. Um, he saw the main event for the second episode and was like, you know what? I'm good. I'll skip to the next one. Not, no, not really. Uh, he had some personal stuff come up and, uh, he took a little bit of a hiatus from podcasting and he will be back with us on our next episode, I believe. So, um, always thinking about Sean, that situation he had to go through, but, uh, we wish he was here, but we'll look forward to seeing him next time. Um, but we tonight we are talking about the February 11th and February 18th, 2015 episodes of Lucha Underground. Uh, but shift before we move on to those, I will ask what you thought of the episodes we talked about last time with Jake and Jane. All right. So I, I was shocked that uh, Alberto El Patron showed up like legitimately. I was like, holy shit. I had no idea mm-hmm. he even came to this company. Um and you know, it seems like we see he's the triple A. Uh, oh no, man, that, well, that's this episode. Disregard that. Um, I mean, sorry. I think they kind of talk about it. A yeah, too, but <laughs> uh, it's a triple A mega champion. We'll get to that. Uh, with my issue with that. Um, I'm real interested. I told you before that I enjoy the wrestling on this, but I almost enjoy the storytelling more. Like with what they're doing with Black Lotus and. Uh, I'm glad you said that name uh, on the last episode, Mentez. Mentanza. Mentanza, yes, thank you. I'm really enjoying with that because um, talking about a lot because obviously the key is going to come into play because Alberto even said something when he was talking to Dario in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the matches were not the best. Like I, I agree with what you guys were saying about how like we built Brian cage up so quickly and he didn't win the title. And it's like, well, where the hell does he go to here? And the question and the answer is down. Apparently I'm glad that he destroyed the title. Uh, they, I think, um, Vampiro and striker referred to it as Bruno as when, uh, when it happened to Bruno with uh, superstar Billy Graham about 15 times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, these announcers, I, I know we crap on announcers a lot, but they are very big on hyperbole as uh, the last two episodes and these two episodes, I heard like, oh, his patella is broken when um, when King Cuerno attacked uh, John Mundo. Morrison. Yeah, Mundo. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, his patella is broken. And then he's like walking on it. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> just like, what are we what are we doing? Like, uh, it, it was just a little like they're going to the max and I don't really like it. And I, I agree with what Jenny said when she was like, I don't know why Vampiro thought that he was uh 
that he had to get in on with him and Conan, like shooting barbs at each other. Mm-hmm. What most people don't realize, and the only reason why I know it, Logan, don't kick me off this, this podcast. Back in the day when this when they were doing this, uh, I listened to the Conan podcast, and he would talk about him and Vamp had legitimate heat from, you know, Lucha Libre wrestling in the in the nineties. So like you see it come through there, but that's ninety nine percent of the of the you know your audience doesn't know that, and it makes it look like they're trying to set up for like a, an old timers match with <laughs> Vampira versus Conan, which no one wants to see. Like because as we see, Conan is like hobbling. I will say Conan did a great job of um, sticking up for Puma and letting Cage just destroy him and make Cage look like more of a badass right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to let Puma talk though. It's he's kind of coming off like like you said it perfectly. A Jay and Silent, uh, sorry, Jake said it perfectly. Like mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. So that's that's a little upsetting. And uh, uh, Jenny did say they should have called it inter- interview with a vampiro, mm-hmm. and that's a totally missed opportunity there. Big time. <laughs> but um, good. Sorry. But I just like how we're not really focusing just on the wrestlers we know now. I mean, we started going back there with Alberto because I hate to say this, but he is a bigger star than Mundo, mm-hmm. um, especially in the, in this with the, with the audience. Uh, I did laugh when Dario said that all Mundo does is five-star matches. And I was like, maybe he's talking <laughs> about Brian cage. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just interested to see where we go next with like the storytelling that we're doing outside the ring. What's going on with uh, Phoenix, Katrina and uh, mill. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's uh, it's very interesting. I think she's gonna she's gonna sabotage him as well, but we don't really see that happen in these two episodes, which I can't wait to talk about. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, guys. This is how my brain works. Imagine me being me for a day. I'm just saying, I'm just jumping around. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good, man. Um, yeah, I'll jump on a couple of points you said. Yeah, the announcers are very uh, hyperbolic for sure, uh, especially Striker. He will uh, say some. Absolutely absurd things. I'll point out a few of those uh, throughout the night tonight that he says that are just absurd things to say. Um, Cage did come off a, re- a lot, uh, really well in these last two episodes that we talked about. Um, and yeah, the whole Conan and Vamp kind of going into business for, for themselves in that interview was a little obnoxious. But like you said, there is a rivalry there. But um, I'm pretty sure they could never have a match because to steal a line from uh, Mr. Souza, uh uh, Conan's hips are probably held together by uh, bubble gum and tape. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to get in any rings anytime soon. He may take a cane shot like he did from uh, Cage, but other than that, I don't think he's taking too many bumps. And the jump on the Alberto point, like you said, you didn't even know he came in. I didn't realize he actually came in this early. I didn't remember that. I knew he came in eventually, but I thought it was a little later in the season or even early in the next season. So him showing up this early uh, kind of kind of surprised me as well. So uh, you are not alone in that uh, as I've watched it before and didn't remember. So, you know, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of good points by you. And uh, those last couple episodes are uh, good, good episodes to talk about good matches and all that, uh, which we might not have tonight, but we'll get into it. Um, but episode 14 is our first one from february 11th it's titled open mic night uh as per usual it kind of leads into it's like spoilers yeah (laughs) the episode titles seem to be spoilers more often than not but um we open with a giant recap of pretty much everything that's happened since aztec warfare rick Rick getting burned in the eye with by the crew with his slit cigar phoenix versus muertes the phoenix and katrina kiss that they had backstage and then alberto el patron's uh, arrival last week. We then go to Dario's office where he is talking to Alberto. Uh, said he was really surprised last week, but he's happy he's here. Likes everything about him. Alberto then says he likes his key and asks what it unlocks. Dario, of course, kind of blows that off and asks why he's here. Uh, Alberto then says he's heard a lot of things happening in this temple and wants to be a part of it. He has one request. But before he plants his flag here, Dario says his temple is for combat. Alberto then says if he grants his request, this is the only time he will be in his office going forward is when he's looking for blood. 
Uh, Daria then asks what it is, and then we're kind of sent to the temple without it hearing the answer to what request he wanted granted. Uh, and then Stryker and Vampiro tell us tonight that Alberto will have an open mic uh, to kind of speak his piece. Is kind of our main event for the show. Uh, we'll end with a big promo by Alberto. But what did you think of the highlights from the previous episodes and this little meeting with uh, Dario and Alberto? Yeah, my apologies. I said how Alberto said last week how he wanted uh, he asked a question about the key. He actually did it right here. Um, it was just very nice. Like I had to look up to see like why the hell did Alberto leave? And that's when I guess one of the writers or production assistants said something racial to Alberto in the catering line, and Alberto beat the piss out of him. That's correct. Um, so I guess like they were trying to do like tongue in cheek, like oh he's going to shoot on WWE, which would have been uh, Club Your Ears, Logan, would have been just like Impact, how they do with every <laughs> former WWF wrestler. Hmm. So, um, I'm I'm really hoping they don't go that way, like, because that's just so played out. I mean, hell, it's happening in 2023 now. Like, when any wrestler jumps from WWE to AEW and vice versa. Um, so, I, I just hope they don't go that way. They might just say, you know who I am type deal, but like they don't need to be like, oh, I'm going to catering and whoop some ass or something. <laughs> so uh, it is interesting that like that is their main event for this for his first show. You think they want to have him like wrestle um, shortly or something, but just to give him a mic and let him go out there and talk. It's not like. Um, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Alberto fan, and that's even before we found out he was a piece of trash. I just yeah. thought he was bland. Um I I do remember hearing like when he came back for when he won the US title from Cena, he had had a good run on the indies. It obviously did not go anywhere because he was still boring when he came back the second time. <laughs> so um, I'm interested to see what they do here because it's weird seeing him as a face. But uh, it's like you got to separate the art from the artist on on this, even though it's extremely hard for me. So we'll see how I do with this. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's going to be hard to like not remember current day kind of how much of an asshole he is but um you gotta just, shit. yeah you gotta gotta try to do your best i guess if you want to look at it fairly a little bit but i mean if it you know if you can't look past it it's fine he is an asshole it's facts it's true so um but yeah uh, it is I, I do think the promo being a main event instead of a match but i'm thinking maybe he still had like a no compete and he couldn't actually be in the ring like wrestle in the ring but he could talk but who knows um but then we go into our first match. Uh, we have Phoenix versus Arhenis. Uh, we get a rare lockup to start things off, which will actually kind of be a thing uh, with these episodes. There's a lot of lockups instead of kind of like a right into it, kind of Hurricane Ron or something like that. But, which was extremely odd. Yeah, 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 it was very, very weird. Um, but they kind of trade reversals back and forth before Phoenix scores with this really weird, like, high knee that he does. Um Phoenix then hits the ropes and comes back at Arhenis, uh, who throws him airborne and then actually uh, kicks him in the taint, uh, is what I said, as he lands. Yo, I got the same note. (laughs) Yeah, he basically just throws him over his head. He lands on the other side of him, and then Arhenis kind of kicks him in the taint. So very, very weird spot as well. Um, Arhenis then hurricane runs him to the outside, and it hits a tope to the floor. Arhenison goes back to the top rope, but takes a little too long climbing up there. And Phoenix comes back with a kick to knock him to the floor. And then uh, Phoenix hits a springboard somersault. Phoenix then comes uh, for a springboard attack, but Arhenis actually nails a super kick instead. Uh, Arhenis then hits, uh, then goes with a springboard Hurricane Rana and follows it with a flapjack. Uh, Phoenix then ducks a punch and uh, scores with a big slap before hitting a springboard arm drag and a springboard kick. Katrina then comes out uh, to observe things. Uh, more kicks from Phoenix, uh, but he goes up to the top rope and gets distracted by Katrina's presence. Arhenis then hits a top rope Hurricane Rana and follows it immediately with a standing moonsault. Arhenis, Arhenis then tries to suplex Phoenix to the outside, but Phoenix hits another big kick and then hits a twisting dive to the outside. Uh, Stryker says Katrina looks turned on by the action, to which Vamp says he's definitely turned on by the action. So Vamp is super turned on by the action in this one. Um, in in regards the- to that, I have a note here that just says I hate Vampiro and Stryker. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> 
Um, but we're back with another big chop. Phoenix misses on a charge in the corner. Arhenis hits a one-hand, a one-armed cradle shock type move. Uh, Arhenis then goes for a tombstone, uh, but gets reversed, and Phoenix hits a tiger driver for the win. And then Katrina comes in and gives the kiss of death, or the lick of death, to uh, Arhenis. But uh, Scott, what do you think of this opener? Yeah, this was a banger. Um, really sets the tone for what the rest of the matches will not be tonight. <laughs> um, I really love this match. There's a couple times where I got caught up like in my notes and I was like, oh shit, I got to go back and write notes just because of like how insane it was. Um, I loved the, um, he, I called it a corkscrew dive that Phoenix did, yeah. but you, you called it something else. Um, it, it was awesome. I love the super hurricane Rana and then moonsault from Marhenis. I actually thought that was the ending because like it was awesome. Um, and like the, I love the pile driver reverse spot because those the pile driver, uh, sorry, the tombstone and then the regular pile driver moves we don't see that much in American wrestling. Um, they've been sort of banned. I I don't know why. I do know that Impact uh, did like a whole thing where Bully Ray was pile driving people back in the day. I don't know why I remember that. Spoilers, <laughs> Jake. Um, but I just really love this match. Like, I already was a Pentagon fan from his work in AEW, which means he should have been a Phoenix fan as well. But I'm starting to like Phoenix more in Lucha <laughs> Underground than I am in, in, in AEW. Um, it, that was awesome. I went I went three and a quarter for for this. It, it was a banger. Yeah, I, I would. I, I had three stars down. I, I definitely thought it was a really good opener. Um, Phoenix continues to be one of the top guys uh, for us. Just entertaining us every time he goes out in the ring. And Arhenis is going to be one of those guys that's not ever probably going to ascend past a certain point. But he's always a good, a good hand, I guess. I will we'll say. But he, he's he's very good in the ring, and I might not get his due uh, that maybe he deserves throughout this whole thing. But he'll always be a a good bit player for sure. Um, after the match, though, we get a scene where uh, Katrina says the weight of a thousand lives have become too much for Mill. He cuts her off and grabs her off the ground by her throat and says he needs more death. He then menacingly goes down the poorly lit hallway of, of the temple and then runs into Chavo. Chavo turns his back and Mill grabs him and holds him up against the wall by his throat and says it's time to pay his debt. So kind of a callback to their previous interaction. Um, I'll go on to the next one, and then I'll ask for your thoughts. But um, we then get Rick in confessional, or it seems to be some kind of confessional in a church somewhere. Uh, says he was betrayed. The father says, thou shall not kill. Rick said, if you had seen the things he's seen, you would, want him, you would not want him to stop. Said he won't shed innocent blood. Talks about how he fed and led the crew and how they will feel the same fire that he did. Says he's going to go Old Testament on them and says even God says vengeance will be mine uh, in the in the Old Testament. So, Chiff, uh, what do you think of uh, Mill's little path of rage and then Rick's uh, confessional there? Uh, Mill is uh, going to be really upset when he finds out about Katrina and Phoenix. Um it looks like they're already starting to break them up, which is a little upsetting because I've liked that pairing. Um, and then we see Chavo, and I'm glad that they came back from that because I think that happened in episode two or three. So I like their long-form storytelling that they're doing where it's like, you think this breadcrumb? Yeah, we didn't clean it up all the way, but this is when it's going to come due type situation. So if I see Mill just destroy Chavo, uh, I might become the biggest Mill fan of all time. Um, <laughs> not going to lie, I wish they would have done an eye for an They would have said an eye for an eye. It's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's literally, literally right. It's in front of them. Um, that's where I thought it was going. Like I had it like typed up. I was like, then he says it's an eye for an eye, and it never is said. <laughs> I was never the biggest Ezekiel Jackson fan, aka the last ECW champion. Yeah, <laughs> but holy shit, am I enjoying this run as Big Rick? Like I want him to destroy the crew. I think the crew are worthless, as I mentioned to you earlier um, <laughs> when I was watching. So just let I, I hope he destroys all three of them. And um, getting into our next episode, that's where I thought the main event was. But that is that was not the case. I like how he has an eye patch now. We can give him a peg leg or something. It just <laughs> make him like a, a robot. I, I don't know, but I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah, rip his arm off and give him like a robot arm, like Jax and uh, Mortal Kombat and all that. Yes, shit. Yes, exactly. Make him full cyborg. 
Yeah, just be, I mean, and with this crazy thing, I could believe it. Just be like, we've we've rebuilt him better, or <laughs> something like have Brian. We have someone calling him the Cage, who Cage is called the Machine. They can be a tag team together. Like, oh my God, Logan! Like, oh, <laughs> fantasy booking now, and I'm loving it. Yeah, they would destroy motherfuckers uh, if if that happens for sure. That would be uh, that would be incredible. Um, but if the matches go over five minutes, they lose automatically. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Just how it has to be. <laughs> Yeah, but I love how he said he was going to go Old Testament on their asses. I, I I really I really enjoyed that uh that little phrase that he said. But um, and I like the little backdrop with like him in a confessional. I I just I just really enjoyed the presentation for that. That's what they do. They can do some. I hope whoever is since Lucha Underground is no longer. I hope whoever did this vignettes. I hope they're working for AEW and WWE because they are top fucking notch. Yeah, it makes they me make... care about Big Rick of all people. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they make millions wherever they are. Uh, and I like the little close-up where he's smoking the cigar, uh, like right up next to the little sheet, and they show the little bit of the eye patch that he has on. So uh, I really like the uh, way that one was shot, like you said, uh, for sure. Um, but we'll go to our next match. It is going to be Johnny Mundo versus Son of Havoc. Havoc has the mic before the match, and he says Dario finally gave him some real competition, and he's going to dedicate his victory to his Lovely lady, the baddest bitch in the temple, uh, Ivelisse. Uh, they trade holds once again to kind of start the match before Mundo hits a shoulder block. Uh, Mundo did, then does a leg sweep, which causes Stryker to quote the Karate Kid, says, sweep the leg, Johnny. Um, follows that with a standing corkscrew shooting star, uh, stomps and kicks on the floor, uh, but Havoc actually gets a surprise roll-up but only gets two. Um, big strikes by Havoc, followed by a backhand spring elbow uh, before whiffing on a springboard dive. Uh, Mundo then hits a suicide dive to the outside. Uh, Ivelisse distracts Mundo long enough for Havoc to run him into the ring post. Uh, Havoc then shows uh, his strength by holding himself up on the ring post sideways and then kind of dropping. So he kind of did that little sideways like deadlifted himself and then just kind of free fall into an elbow drop. Um, back in Havoc is up on the top and dives, but Mundo actually scores with a midair drop kick. Mundo does some more offense, but Evil again proves to be the difference and trips him up. Havoc then takes uh, over wearing Mundo down and his injured knee, and he kind of works the back over as well. The two then trade some incredible athletic feats before Mundo nails a big clothesline. Big knee and Mundo goes for the end of the world, but Havoc moves and trips him up and hits a springboard stomp to the back and a standing moonsault. Another strike exchange, one by Havoc before hitting a standing shooting star. Havoc then goes to the top but gets cut off temporarily before knocking Mundo back to the mat. Takes way too long to go for a shooting star press. Mundo gets his knees up on that, and then Mundo hits the end of the world for the win. He kind of showboats to uh, Ivelisse. Uh, as before he does the shooting star, and that's what kind of screwed him in the end. And then Cuerno, uh, King Cuerno comes out again and attacks Mundo and destroys his knee even more after the match, kind of moving their uh, rivalry a little bit forward. But, uh, Schiff, what do you think of this one? Oh, Logan, I was not feeling this match. Uh, I, think, I think I have Mundo, like, uh, when you, what's it called when you oversee someone? Mundo fatigue, I guess. I have right. Mundo fatigue. That's what I have. Um, <laughs> I'm not really liking I'm weird with the son of havoc and the least thing. I do like how she's trying to get herself over as the baddest bitch in the building. I do like that. Um, I said, uh, son of havoc isn't going after the leg because he's a moron. Cause they literally yeah. talk about it. And, um, I said, nice springboard elbow from havoc. We missed a trust dive. Johnny did a parkour move. Uh, havoc comes off the top and Mundo hit a shotgun drop kick, which I enjoyed. And then I was like, like, uh, this match is meh. Mundo killed Havoc with a clothesline. Then I have a note, not going to lie, I blacked out during this match. Um, and then I just got Havoc took too long, go up top, and Mundo got the knees up, hits into the world. I, I, I gave it two and a half. Like, uh, I just thought this match was nothing. When Mundo comes on the screen, it's like I have, like, a gray film that comes over, and I just don't care, which, <laughs> which is not good because he's one of the main – main guys but yeah i just went two and a five, two and a half like i am sort of interested to see what's happening with the son of havoc uh son of havoc um and ivelisse thing and ivelisse uh storyline to see where it goes especially since you said last episode that in helico and those two will be like bonded so i'm interested to see what happens with that 
Yeah, I was say, just get used to that, uh, you know, pair, pairing of people. Uh, they have quite a few matches, and uh, they may they may pair off eventually. So, uh, we'll, but we'll get into that uh, as we go forward. Um, but we go straight into our next match, which actually ends up being our quote-unquote main event match for the night. Uh, but it's Ricky Mandel versus Pentagon Jr., um, Vamp at the beginning of the match confuses uh, Ricky Mandel with Ricky Martel. Talks about how he was a former AWA champion and all that. And Stryker's like, I don't think that's who you're thinking of. Um, <laughs> but yet another lockup and trading of reversals to start things. So somebody must have gotten in a couple of these guys' ears and said, stop, 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 uh, stop starting so quickly and doing crazy moves right off the bat because everybody's locking up tonight. Um, Penta uh, hits a nasty uh, backbreaker to kind of start things off. Uh, does a backdrop and then a big kick to the back. Uh, he hits big chop after big chop. Uh, Mandel gets a small surge of offense, but Penta uh, hits a drop kick when uh, Mandel drive, dives at him at one point. He hits the sling blade. Uh, then he hits a Death Valley driver onto the top rope, leaving Mandel kind of hanging uh, and hits him with a nasty drop kick to the head. I thought that was pretty nasty. Um, and then he gets him down on the mat, locks in his new submission, where I don't really think I described it last time, but he ties like one arm around his foot and then he grabs the other arm uh, and just kind of pulls on it. Obviously, Mandel taps. And then as as he did last week, he holds on after the bell and then leans back and snaps the arm of Mandel, uh, breaking it, quote unquote. Uh, he then grabs the mic and says he has sacrificed yet another man to his master. So uh, what do you think of this one, Schiff? Give me Pentagon breaking dudes arms all day. <laughs> that all day, all day. Just, I love it. Um, my first note literally is Pentagon is awesome. Uh, I loved how he was chopping the piss out of him. Like this was just a squash. Um, this is all this was. And it got the point across. I'm really interested to see where they're going with this master thing. I know Jake and Jenny think it could be like the devil. I, I don't know, um, but it, yeah, I, I mean, I went two and a half on this just because how ferocious the, the squash was, mm-hmm. and, you know, I really thought he was going to get the decision reversed because, like, he broke it after the match. Like, he had already tapped, and it's just sick. If if Pentagon, like, starts wearing, like, a, a necklace that's, like, people's arms or the ones they broke, <laughs> like, that would just be awesome, like... I mean, I'm giving them all these ideas. Uh, I'm real interested to see where this goes. Feels like we're gonna have a slow burn with this, low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one will definitely be uh, an extended uh, storyline. So get used to get used to arm breaking. Uh, I'll say. Um, it, it, but it, yeah, it's it's very awesome. Very good squash. He's a, he's a really good squash worker. I feel like uh, as we talk about on numerous pods uh, across all the feeds and stuff like that, there's a lot of good guys that are good at squashes, and I think Pentagon deserves to be in that. Uh, in that uh, class, so, um, but yeah, just another really awesome segment uh, of the whole breaking the arm after the match. Good little ritual that he starts doing. Um, but we move straight on into our main event promo. Uh, Alberto is coming out to the ring, and Stryker absolutely ejaculates all over himself when he's coming out, and just gets so excited. Stryker's just going wild uh, when Alberto's coming to the ring, and the temple's uh, pretty lit as well. Um, Alberto comes to the ring, says only his friends are here in the temple. So he set, sheds his suit and tie, says he's with family, uh, and that he he feels comfortable talking to them. Doesn't have to be all dressed up. Can't think that's kind of a pot shot at WWE for having to wear suits and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he yep. tells of his yeah yeah <laughs> he tells of his, his great lineage, uh, how his uncle is Milmascaris and his father is Dos Caras. They taught him everything he knows, and he was proud to wrestle as Dos Caras Jr., but he knew if he wanted to be his own man and succeed, he needed to go to the U.S. and make his own name. Says the people that at first accepted him stabbed him in the back when he turned around. Uh, He says he is here where all the people and all races are equal, and they don't judge by color, uh, the color of your skin like some others may do. Another kind of pot shot at WWE, as like Schiff said earlier, he got fired for uh, somebody saying a racial uh, slur to him, uh, and he kind of reacted poorly, we'll say. Um, But the only way you are going to be held back here is if you don't get the job done, which is no problem for him. He then is about to say something, but a random man with a bull rope uh, attacks him from behind. Uh, Vampiro then informs us that the man's name is Tejano. 
he continues to beat Alberto's ass, and then he grabs the mic himself and tells him he can't escape him, and that the AAA Mega Championship uh, will once again be his uh, when they finally have a match. So, uh, Schiff, what did you think of this final promo, and kind of give your episode thoughts when you're done with that? Um, I'll say Alberto feels like a bigger star than Johnny Mundo that they were able to pull in. Mm-hmm. Like infinitely bigger, um, so that's cool. Like you know, they get some star power, especially like in 2015. If you do that mindset, because Alberto had already won the title a couple of times by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, that's a good point with like the with the suit. I didn't think of that because that's when he did have the dress code. Yeah, and I was like, but then like you know, he said he was stabbed in the back and disrespected. Um, then tonight the revolution begins. That's a pretty good line. But this is what I have a problem with, Logan. I'm here for Lucha Underground. I'm not here for AAA, CMLL, NWA Hollywood, NWA, <laughs> WWE, TNA. I'm here for Lucha Underground. And this is the same issue that I have with AEW. I don't give a shit about all these other titles that they bring in. Oh, yeah. I care about the company that I'm watching. If I wanted to watch that, I would go out and do it. And then bringing in another title, considering two episodes ago Cage destroyed their title, makes them look like AAA is the main AAA is the main star and not Lucha Underground. So having them coming with the title, then having this feud happen because it started in AAA, I don't know if Tahana is going to stick around. Is he just going to stick around? Alberto beat him, then he leaves. Then that does nothing. Have Alberto feud with someone in Lucha Underground, mm. like. This is so frustrating to me. Like they haven't built up a cachet where I should care enough about a company coming in as invaders. We're on episode fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. and it's just incredibly frustrating. Like I know we only have one belt. Like we don't have any other belts, but we have a belt that's been destroyed and nothing's been done about it. Hell, we haven't even seen Puma since, and we won't <laughs> even see him the next episode. So it's like totally disrespectful. Devalues. In my opinion, the title and the company, when you have all these other people coming in, unless they do like a title versus title match, which do they do that down the line? Uh, not, not, not to my remembrance, no. Then there's no reason for this to happen. Like Tahano, I have no idea who he is. Like they, they, I could have been someone like when a person who was in the crew ran in and they're like, we don't, <laughs> we allow anything to happen, but don't make it uh, a reoccurrence when this happens type deal. Yeah. So I don't. I it just it just like left a sour taste in my mouth, Logan. If yeah, I'm being no, completely I, I definitely honest. understand your your point. Uh, that 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 makes a ton of sense. I didn't even think of it like that, but yeah, that does uh, make it seem kind of second rate. And that there's already like another bigger, cha- some somewhat bigger championship just in the global landscape of things. Uh, and your your belt's destroyed, and you, you you haven't even unveiled a new one or anything like that yet. So I definitely get where you're coming from. Uh, so I definitely understand your points. Uh, but what did you think of the episode as a whole? Uh, real meandering. Ep- uh, not really a meandering. Uh, in-ring wise, we had so. <laughs> yeah, in-ring wise, we had two very good matches. One match that I was uh, about, but the ver- the last ten minutes, like whatever you do, like you know, I said how I enjoyed the Pentagon and Phoenix matches, but the very last thing I'm going to think of with this is the last thing we spoke about with the Alberto El Patron, and I left a left a bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah, uh, I, so I would go like six out of ten on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it's definitely on the lower end of good. I'd say six sounds about right. Um, definitely not one of your better episodes, but definitely, um, definitely not as bad as the one we're about to talk about. So, um, but uh, yeah, n- not not the best. Had a couple of good matches. Had a couple of good a- angles and storyline progressions and stuff like that. But, um. Not much else going on there, but uh, we'll go on into episode number 15 that I'm sure we'll have a ton of fun talking about. Um, We open the episodes with highlights of Rick's visit to confessional, uh, Phoenix and Muerte's rivalry, uh, Dario speaking to Matanza about Black Lotus. Uh, We get Muerte's and Chavo's conversation from the previous week, and then Alberto's promo and Tejano's attack. Uh, Mariachi El Bronx then plays us into the temple. Uh, Strike and Vampiro talk about Alberto and Tejano a little bit more, and then they let us know that our opening match will be Mil Muertes versus Chavo Guerrero. Uh, Striker says this will be a matchup of Mil's power versus Chavo's Guerrero-ness, 
whatever the fuck that means. Uh, just an absolutely awful line you, by Strider. You, you know, you've seen um, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, right? Yeah. You know when they say the wrong kid died? <laughs> yes. The wrong Guerrero died. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the Guerrero-ness. The wrong Guerrero died. Yeah, I was saying I, I get I got what Stryker meant by the Guerreroness, but God, that was the cringiest, stupid fucking line I've ever heard. So, just chalk that one up as another terrible Stryker line. But yeah, Stryker tries to act like he's late '80s, early '90s NWA WCW Jim Ross, and he's not at all. This is like one of the worst announcing crews in my lifetime that somehow <laughs> have survives. Spoiler alert: You told me throughout the whole series. So obviously, like, I don't know if this is like a me problem or like they were locked into it's contracts not. problem. Yeah, I, I was. I think it was probably a contracts problem, and they probably couldn't uh, get any English speakers to want to want to do it either. So they had they had these two guys, and it's just who they stuck with. Um, but to to Stryker's point, uh, Mill and his power win that battle. But Chavo uses his Carreroness to catch uh, Mill coming in and in the ring and hit him with an outside dive. Uh, Chavo then focuses on the leg to take the big guy down. Mill takes back over after nailing a big right hand. Uh, doesn't last too long as Chavo reverses a whip to the outside and continues to work him over. Uh, outside as Katrina walks down the steps and appears for the first time. Uh, Mill again takes back the advantage with an electric chair, another big punch, and a clothesline by Mill. Mill catches Chavo on a charge and dumps him to the outside. Katrina then shows Mill the stone that she carries around, and it seems to kind of put Mill into a trance a little bit, uh, which gives Chavo enough time to grab a chair from under the ring and hit him with it, and that causes the, uh, the DQ. Uh, the chair shot doesn't seem to phase Mill at all. Mill goozles uh, Chavo and then hits him with the flatliner on the chair. He then uh, tries to force Katrina to lick Chavo, but she resists. Uh, Mill then seems about to flatline Katrina, but Phoenix comes out to save. And he and Katrina once again make out, but this time it's for everyone to see, and it's right in front of Mill's face. So, uh I'm sure he is pissed, and uh, we'll see where this one goes forward. But what do you think of this uh, match between Chavo and Mill? Ugh, I mean, this. <laughs> All right, I will say My like thoughts exactly. <laughs> Chavo hitting the neckbreaker and a pescado at the very start was very nice, and then like when Mill tried to get in the ring, Chavo kicked him, mm-hmm. and then he was trying to work out work his work his leg. I did like how the announcers were saying that Mill was lost without Katrina. It felt like a little early Undertakerish. Right there, where like yeah. when Paul Bearer wasn't there with the urn, Undertaker was lost, and we even see that um, when like she has the rock. But before that, like Chavo got hit with the nice electric chair by uh, Mill, which I thought was very cool. Um, I didn't like the hokey ass ending, especially with what we see happen later with Chavo. Uh, we could have just had him get laid out here, and then he says what he says, which which we'll get to in a backstage vignette. Um, I was shocked that, like I said, that when we were talking about in the last episode, that uh, Katrina and Mill seem to be breaking up here and Phoenix, you know, making out with Katrina. But hopefully it's just like a swerve and like they break him down. So I don't think they should break him up yet, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, it, was, it definitely seems like they're teasing um, the, them breaking up early here. But I think as we've seen and as we've heard from all, all of you guys that y'all really enjoy that pairing and, uh, you know. We want to see it continue go forward and then just kind of dominate the scene uh, uh, as a duo and as a couple. So um, we'll see where it goes. Um, I think they'll have a match before too long and maybe that'll have some kind of conclusion to it uh, where, uh, you know, we'll see her pair off with one or the other. So we'll see uh, going forward on that one. Um, but after that, we get a scene where Black Lotus seems to be breaking into a building, seemingly searching for something or someone. She then disappears up the steps as we kind of fade to black and go to the Lucha Underground noise, uh, as we call it. Um, but then we come back from that, and Dario's in his office, uh, tells someone how impressed he is with them, and he wants to get nostalgic. He's uh, shown to be talking to the crew, talks about how they took out Puma and Mundo in their very first night, 
and says the proudest he's made them uh, and a story he will tell his grandchildren one day is how they blinded uh, Big Rick uh, with the bright light of their talent. Says he's going to reward them with a main event opportunity tonight, but to but to continue getting those, they will have to prove that the Rick attack wasn't a fluke. He wants proof that they can be rabid, rabid dogs that can protect him. They will face the team of Freaks, Sexy Star, Pimpinella, Escarlata, and uh, Masquerita Sagrada. Says their job isn't just to win, but to hurt them so bad that they never come back. He then also says that the match will be no holds barred, no countouts, no DQs, anything like that. So, um, Schiff, what do you think of Black Lotus kind of searching through the building and Dario's little meeting with the crew? Just let me see what's happening with Black Lotus. I can get two shits what the crew does. <laughs> get them off my screen. Like, I, I, this is so frustrating. Like, I, I don't really care about them at all. Um, I just want to see what was going to happen with that. That's the storytelling I'm more interested in. And if the crew's not facing Big Rick, I don't care. Like, bring back Br- Big Rick, you know? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, Isaiah, at this point, after after that happened to Big Rick, you kind of just want to see Big Rick mow through him for sure. Um, it's like so, we're delaying yeah, the in- inevitable. Yeah, 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 I definitely get where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, he's, they seem to be his, uh, Dario's kind of hired guns, so um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what kind of opportunities they get or if they get that match with Rick eventually. Um, but then we go to our next match, and that's going to be Ivelisse versus Angelico. Uh, it's supposed to be Havoc versus Angelico. It's supposed to be a rematch from a few weeks ago. Uh, but Ivelisse tells us... The baddest uh, bitch in the building. <laughs> she's tired of watching her boyfriend lose, so she'll take her take his place tonight. Uh, the size matchup in this one is absolutely ridiculous. Like I said, is not a big dude, but he's tall and lanky. So he's like 6'2", and she's like 5'1", maybe. So they just, it's like Andre versus freaking, uh, like, you know, somebody real small. <laughs> it, it, it looks ridiculous. Um, but Ivelisse tries to wear him down with kicks and punches early, uh, but they're not having much effect. And Helico's kind of no-selling them. Uh, and Helico continues taunting uh, Ivelisse, and she keeps trying, keeps unleashing big kicks. Um, the, she then hits a big chop and a hurricane rana, more kicks, and then she gets tossed to the air and crashes to the mat. Havoc then gets on the apron to distract Angelico and kicks him in the head while the ref is checking on Ivelisse. She takes advantage of this and rolls up Angelico for the surprise win. Angelico then grabs the mic and says if she wants to go one-on-one with him without Havoc around, uh, it would be his pleasure, and then kind of punks out Havoc before uh, they go go to the back. So really cucks uh, Havoc here, uh, talking about how he pretty much wants to bang his uh, woman. Uh, but, Jeff, what do you think of this one? All right. <laughs> so when I first started this this podcast in episode in episode one, where we talked about how I didn't like how they were doing the intergender matches. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do it, don't act like it's this bullshit here. Yeah. Treat them as equals, not like what Angelico was doing, where he was basically like, "Oh, I don't take you serious," like you know. You're so much shorter than me. You're a joke. And like this totally undercuts what they were doing with Sexy Star. I know they're two separate women, but holy shit, man. Like way to make her look like a joke. Like I didn't take her. I didn't take this match serious at all. And then like it ends with them like at least claiming not to see Havoc do like helping get the win and then saying, I want to wrestle you one on one in the bedroom. Who's writing this shit? A 12 year old? (laughs) Like Jesus Christ. They brought Vince and, Russo in for a special guest appearance. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Havoc wasn't on a fucking pole. No, but that's true. It, it's just like, it's so upsetting. Like, if, if you're going to pride yourself on intergender re- wrestling and then your wrestlers aren't going to take it serious, mm. it it's like a one step forward, three steps back. And after seeing this and then seeing what I saw last episode with Alberto El Patron with the AAA mega title, it's like you're here to get this new show over, not basically poo-poo on ideas that you started off with 15 episodes ago. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, it's incredibly exactly. frustrating. Like, it's frustrating. As a, I'm sure it's frustrating in real time as a viewer. It's frustrating for me now. And mm. I, I really enjoy this. Like, I told you, I love the storytelling for this. But when you pull this shit, it's like, well, all right, from now on, every time I see an intergender match with, like, with the minute, I'm just going to fast forward. Because you're telling me as the viewer, I have no reason to watch. Mm. Yeah, this was a real bastardization of the intergender concept. Because even if you go back, if you say Sexy Star, like Sexy Star's been competitive with a ton of women. And if you say her and Eva Lisa are on a different level, they had a match with each other and it was competitive. They went back and forth. So, I mean, that proves that Eva Lisa can hang with Sexy Star. Sexy Star can hang with all these other guys. Why can Sexy or why can Eva Lisa not hang with the same guys that Sexy Star can? So, yeah, just, you know, the first match was, you know, Mill should have killed Chavo and just destroyed him. But it was a competitive match. I don't think that went well. And, you know, like you said, this was a this was like the worst version of the intergender stuff. And, you know, I don't think I think that's probably what they told in Helico to do. I don't think he just went into business for himself or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, just real mixed messages, what you're trying to get across, uh, kind of like you said, uh, with w- what they're booking and kind of stuff like that. But, yeah, this was, you know. If you're going to do the intergender thing, like you said, you got to present them equally or, you know, at least somewhat equally. I mean, I guess you could still play that like one's the weaker sex or whatever uh, and, and like maybe get away with it a little bit. But you got to sell at some point and you got to, you know, she hits Hurricane Rana, but like no strikes or landing that hurt him very badly or anything like that. So just just bad stuff overall, for sure. Um, but after that, we go to the next match and that's uh, the debut of Tejano. Uh, versus Superfly. Uh, before the match, we get interview with the Vampiro uh, talking to ha- to, to Tejano. Uh, tells us about all of his accolades and calls him an ex-champion, uh, which pisses Tejano off. Says he's the biggest star in Lucha Libre today and will soon be, soon be the biggest star in Lucha Underground. He dominated AAA for two years, was the longest reigning champion in their history. Says Alberto stole his title. Says he is here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to destroy Alberto and recapture what is rightfully his, which is the AAA Mega Championship. Um, but uh, once again, to start off the match, he kind of lock, lock up uh, and follows it with some sort of reversals and shows of athleticism. Uh, back and forth strike exchange, one by Fly, then he hits it at top rope dive. Uh, Tejano then quickly shakes it off and hits. Uh, I called it the rough rider because that's what uh, Zach Ryder calls it. That kind of the jumping leg drop uh, to the front of him. Kind of a reverse famous or pretty much is what it, what, what the move is. Uh, Tejano then hits a uh, Death Valley driver onto a bended knee and then hits a neck breaker uh, to get the win. And then Alberto, to get revenge for last week, comes out in the two brawl with Alberto returning the favor from last week, beating Tejano with his own bull, bull rope. So, uh, Schiff, what do you think of uh, Tejano's interview debut and then the brawl afterwards the interview was needed to give people who had no idea who he was uh some backstory so i did like that and it sets up uh like oh patron stole my title i'm 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 here to take it back um and he's gonna destroy patron and take his title so it sound like he's gonna stick around this versus superfly was really a nothing match um so i love how you called it the rough rider i called it what striker called it the can opener leg drop which oh, God, Rough Rider yeah. <laughs> sounds a whole lot better. Um, and then he like he hit like a GTS neckbreaker, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but I gave it two stars. And what I did like after the match when Alberto El Patron um, came out, uh, Tejano like got out of the ring, but Patron followed him, and they battled outside instead of yeah. like you know the heel just running away in the face and staying in the ring. He was like, "No, I'm coming after you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to beat your ass." So <laughs> I I did enjoy that part. Um, I know what I said before with this, but like if it continues just like this, it, it should be fine. I wonder if it's more like you know when Cody Rhodes was in AEW, they called it his por- portion, like the Cody verse. I wonder if we're gonna get like the Alberto verse. I, I, from what I remember, I think it is kind of like that. Like he has kind of his own storylines, and it's not really. I mean, he's involved in other stuff, but I think he just kind of has his own stuff, and like it's not really a ton of stuff spread around because I don't. Uh, this isn't some huge spoiler or anything like that, but he does go back to WWE not too long after this, so he does not necessarily hang around very long. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that because he uh, he does get the call back to WWE and he does go. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he he kind of 
he doesn't get super involved in anything like big picture. He may have a tag match with some, uh, you know, uh, other big guys and other, you know, main eventers and stuff like that. But he does kind of have his own little universe. Because I don't, I, I, I want to say they were kind of skeptical of whether he was going to hang around for a super long time or whether they could pay him for that matter. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't think that's any great spoiler and it won't affect much in the future. But uh, yeah, he doesn't hang around too particularly long. I think he hangs around to the end of the season, but. Uh, not much past that, if past that at all. So uh, I will go ahead and say that. But um, interesting, yeah. Um, but after that match, I, I did like uh, the match. By the way, um, I I really wish that Tejano would have finished it with the you know the Death Valley driver into the knee instead of like then going for a neck breaker. I thought that was kind of uh, a weird weak finish. But I, if he could have finished it with that previous move, uh, I, I think it would have been pretty cool. Um, but yeah, not, not a bad squash for sure. Um, but after that, we go to uh, Cage busting into Dario's office, tells him to do the right thing and name him the champion. Dario says it's not that simple. Cage says says it is because he beat Mundo and then destroyed <laughs> Puma twice uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, Dario tells him he's everything he wants in a champion, uh, but says Puma is technically still champion and and the last time they faced, Puma actually won the match. Uh, Dario says he'll give him Puma next week, and if he wins, he will get another title shot. Tells him uh, him to get him a real belt and not this Aztec piece of crap and tosses it at him. So uh, really burying the belt, uh, cages right there. Um, Chavo then bursts in and tells Dario he quits and that Mexico needs to leave him alone because uh, he's, you know people are after him and all that kind of stuff. He says they need to leave him alone. Uh, Dario wishes uh, Chavo best in his future endeavors. Another kind of WWE uh, mention there. Uh, and then says the temple door and then Chavo kind of, kind of tries to come back at him and says, what did you say to me? And uh, Dario says the temple doors are always open to Chavo. So Chavo seems to be gone for a little bit here. Hopefully uh, forever. But uh Dario's leaving the doors open for him. So uh, what do you think of this? these two little conversations? Uh, I love Brian Cage throwing the belt at him. <laughs> but also Brian Cage being so dumb, he doesn't understand how wrestling works. <laughs> and that's a reoccurring thing because this is why I can't take Brian Cage, I mean, sorry, Cage serious in AEW when um, he was having a Philly street fight with Ricky Starks and he said, where is it at? And Philly and Ricky responded in philly you big dumb bitch and ever since then i just can't take him serious as a wrestler when you get mossed that bad by by him um but i do love like he, he he's like i don't know how wrestling works but i beat everyone so i should be champion and it's like <laughs> this is guy hulk hogan in the 80s um i do love how he threw the belt so maybe if they did the crappy belt from that's the reason why they did the crappy belt instead of like Maybe, Maybe they saw the belt and then like people saw were like shitting on it online. It's like, oh, we got to do something about this. Um, I did love Dario wishing him well in his future endeavors and Chavo getting mad. Um, that was a nice little like, if you know, you know, type situation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if Chavo, but it's interesting that Chavo said like, tell Mexico I'm gone. So maybe like we're not done seeing that because he did with him taking out Blue Demon. We uh, will see Mexico finally like maybe kill him off screen or something. Well, one can only hope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm still convinced that the title like wasn't ready, like the one that they actually go with, and they just kind of scrapped together something, and that's what it was. So they used it to their advantage, like, oh, we're going to destroy this one, and then we're going to bring back or bring in the real one uh, that we that we that we are having made that just wasn't done when it needed to be. So um, I'll I'll stick with that one for now. <laughs> um, but we get another backstage scene before we go to our main event, and uh, it is Black Lotus once again sneaking around a building. Uh, she finds the cage uh, where Matanza is being kept by Dario. Uh, says as a little girl, all she had dreamed of was being the person that got her hands on him and killed him with her bare hands. Uh, and then they cut away once again. So what, b before we go to the main event, what do you think of this uh, Black Lotus little uh, confrontation with Matanza? I, I, is Matanza a wrestler? Or is he like a big ass dog? He's a person. I, I, that's as far as I'll go. Do we get to actually see him ever? Because I love this. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I'm not gonna lie. I love this presentation because I just want Montaza to just kill everyone. Um, 
but Black Lotus being weird says so she wants to kill someone with her bare hands. Like, is she going to choke out um, Mantadza in there? But, like, this is what I'm turning in to see is what the hell's happening with Black Lotus. And is she, like, what what's going on with this? Because there's something with Dario because she's already threatened him, as we saw in the episode's uh, last uh, podcast. So I'm really interested to see what happens. This is the only thing that would have me turn it in every week, to be honest. <laughs> it's probably because it's kind of freaky and creepy and I love Lost. So it's like right up there with me with like her being able to disappear and all that shit. Let's go. Yeah, they they kind of play that she's kind of supernatural and can like poof into a cloud real quick and escape or whatever. And I don't know if she ended up on the other side of the cage in the cage with him. Um, but it kind of appeared that way. But it, it's real. It's real dark. And, you know, you can't really see anything. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes going forward. But obviously, Matanza and Dario have uh, messed with her uh, previously. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll see where that goes um, from here. Um, but we'll go into our main event. Uh, as talked about earlier, it is the crew versus Pimpinella, Sexy Star, and uh. Masquerita Sagrada. Um, it pretty much starts as an all-out brawl to to start things out. Uh, Pimpinella and uh, Castro end up being the only ones in the rings. The others are kind of brawling around the outside. Uh, Pimpinella is already trying to uh, throw Castro off with his quote-unquote unique offense. Is what I called it. Uh, Pimpinella kisses him, uh, which causes Castro to grab his kendo stick and just start wailing on Pimpinella uh, and eventually actually chokes him out. So uh, Pimpinella is out early in this match. So they pretty much take him out and he's choked out and done. And you really don't see him again for the rest of the match. Uh, Sagrado and Sagrada and Cisco then come in. Uh, Cisco hits a big boot. Sagrada then uses his elusiveness to hit a Hurricane Rana and a Springboard headbutt. Uh, big kicks and an arm drag to the outside, and then a suicide dive by Sagrada. Cisco then comes, or then hits him with another big boot, and hits, and then he hits a power bomb to the hardest part of the ring. So, I thought of you when that happened. <laughs> I had to bring that one to the pod for sure. Um, as soon as I saw it, so. Um, but Star and Castro then take their turn in the ring, trading punches back and forth. They get Star in the corner and all hit their running kicks, kind of their little triple team move that they do. Uh, they then all triple team Sagrada, and Cisco eventually curb stomps him into a chair, which was a really sick spot. It was uh, pretty sick. And that takes Sagrada out. So now it's just down to Sexy Star. She's all alone as our two our two partners have been taken out to this point. Um, Cisco uh, looks to looks Star up and down, seeming kind of flirt with her and offers her a kiss. But she punches him and wards off the other two uh, in short order, nailing uh, Bale with a tornado DDT to the floor. Uh, she then uh, takes out Castro with a swinging neckbreaker. Cisco then tries his luck, but he uh, she catches him on the top rope and hits a Hurricane Rana. And then now the whole crew are, are back in and just stomp a uh, grounded uh, sexy star. And then Big Rick emerges on the steps, uh, coming down, uh, a, a coming down to the ring. Uh, and this allows Sexy Star to actually catch Bale off guard and roll up for the victory. So the team of freaks, according to Dario, actually get the win here. So um, kind of a chaotic main event and uh, not the best presentation. But, uh, Chef, what would you think of it? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I think they made the best of what they could do, but this is just not a good crew of guys. Yes. Um, so... All right. They should have never had this match. Ever. Unless you're trying to write off two of these three. You should have had... Dario should have said, I want you to finish what you started and have the crew versus Big Rick in a three-on-one match. Mm-hmm. And then do whatever. Um, I will say they were beating the piss out of Pimpinella with the kendo stick and then, like, the curb stomp one of the chair to Masquerita was pretty disgusting. And they like, this is what is pretty good. You know, I've ranted about Ablis and Angelico before, but they made Sexy Star look like she can hold her own with these three. And she actually was holding her own with these three until, you know, the numbers game took over and beat them down, which I enjoyed. Um, she had a sick DDT to one of the crew. Um, and then when they have her to beat her down, Big Rick just shows up, and I don't know if this was shitty editing or what, but when you see Big Rick show up, you see that all three are in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. The very next thing, 
somehow two of the guys have like just disappeared like fucking Black Lotus, and <laughs> Sexy Star r- rolls them up and gets the win. What should have happened is Big Rick comes down and just destroys all three of them, and Sexy Star or and, like he puts Sexy Star on them, or. Like she does her finishing move because it's basically the same thing as like if he destroyed all three or if like she got a roll up. It's no like doesn't make him or her better, you know, like and it and it literally showed like Logan, it showed all three of them in the ring looking at Big Rick with her behind. Then it cut again and she was rolling him up. It's like, did I miss something? I think it's just bad camera work, honestly, uh, but it really was. And the announcers don't say anything like. It it's just dumb and it's incredibly frustrating. This may be the worst episode that we've watched so far. Mm. Um, it just frustrating on so many levels, in, in my opinion. The intergender match was was a big was a big oof because yeah. Helico made it look like a joke. Um, you know, Blue Damon and Chavo match bull. Like you know, my best match I have here is just the squash at two, Logan, and that was just a gentleman's two for because of the squash. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing going on after you debut your biggest star. So it's like okay, there there's nothing here. Yeah, yeah. I was just say the the intergender was a bad, bad. Uh, th- that was definitely a bad presentation for sure. And then you know, Mill in the first match with Chavo. Um, you kind of made Mill just like seem like another guy because he can't hang with Chavo, and freaking a sixty-year-old Blue Demon Junior fucking beat him in the first week. Uh, so Mill Mill definitely should have just destroyed. And I know you're trying to get over the Phoenix and him storyline, but you could have destroyed Chavo, and that equally could have happened because obviously they were already having tension. Uh, her him and Katrina were already having tension, so um, you, you didn't need much need much progression there. Um, and then, like you said, the intergender was rough. Um, this, like I said, I think they did the best they could, but this is just not a trios match that you should put together because the crew are okay. And, you know, Pimpinella's who he is. He He's flamboyant, and he kind of riles the crowd up. Sagrada's who he is. You know, he he's he can do do some uh, spectacular things for as small as he is. And then Sexy Star is a real good baby face to get behind. But there's not a good combination of people uh, to throw out as your main event, especially that that's closures your show. There's not even a scene after it. It's just Rick kind of staring him down. It's not like he destroys him or anything like that. But obviously we're leading to some kind of match with them. But, yeah, this is definitely definitely one of the worst episodes we've watched, if not the worst, uh, even to the point where I would probably not even give it more than like a two or three i feel like it's that bad um but what would you rate it uh out of 10 a two or a three like you said like mm-hmm. it probably a two honestly because i don't think it's gonna get much worse no it, it's so bad and so frustrating to watch like you literally like i said with the undergender thing you see it great with the sexy star thing but then 15 minutes before you saw that laughable shit with angelico where he's like oh you want to Oh, this is my South African accent. Oh, you want to wrestle one on one later? Oh, and your boyfriend's out here? Oh, rah, rah, rah. oh rah, rah, rah. It's like, fuck out of here. You look like a fucking, fucking glow stick. So. <laughs> How dare you shit on South Africa? I'm just kidding. Oh, that's even better. Diplomatic <laughs> communities. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, that whole that whole thing is that that could piss off uh, a lot of people. I'm sure Jenny will not be a fan of that uh, when she gets to it, watching it in her watch, uh, because it's just it's just terrible stuff. Um, But we'll move on to some, I guess, happy stuff uh, for the night. And that is our awards Uh, match of the night. Our very first match. I went with uh, Phoenix and our Hennis. What'd you go with? Yeah, literally the very first match. We peaked too high. Yep, uh, definitely, definitely correct uh, on this one. Uh, moment of the night, I went with just the post match of Chavo and Mill, like all the stuff with Phoenix and uh, him flatlining Chavo into the chair and all the Katrina stuff. I, that's what I went with. But what would be your moment of the night? You know, I'm gonna go with Alberto El Patron showing up and doing like the start of the promo. Gotcha. Because yeah. it felt like a real star was there. Like, sorry, Johnny Mundo. Like. You may be a good person. Yeah. 
I went with or in uh, on cinematic scene, your favorite cinematic scene. I just went with Lotus searching for Matanza and finding him. Uh, but what, what was your favorite cinematic scene on these episodes? Big Rick because of the visual representation of him. Like it was wasn't that beautiful lit, but like him smoking the cigar looks so badass. Mm, yeah, that one was sick as well for sure. Um, top three and MVP were tough on this one. Um, but what were, who were your top three? And then I'll tell you mine, and then we can talk about our MVPs. I'm going to go top three, uh, Phoenix, Pentagon, and I sadly have to do El Patron. I gotcha. I, I went Phoenix. I actually went Sexy Star because she emerged victorious at the end of that uh, six-man. And I, I did Alberto as well just because he had the big promo and then he got got his revenge with the brawl uh, in the second episode. Uh, but who would your MVP be out of those three? Phoenix. Yeah. And I, he's get, I, I he's getting a lot of shine. He was on both episodes. Yeah. And I went with Phoenix as well because he won his match in the first episode and then he – uh, saved se- seemingly saved his girl uh, in the second episode. So um, that, yeah, the, I think he's the layup for sure. He's pretty much the only person that looked good over both episodes. So uh, I'll give him that uh, for sure. Um, but shift, do you have anything to plug tonight before we get out of here? Uh, YouTube roulette on the PTB and wrestling feed. It's basically mystery. If you enjoyed me and Logan here mm-hmm. uh, tonight, you'll enjoy me, Logan, Matt, Sousa, and Jacob Williams on the, the, uh, on, YouTube roulette where it's basically us uh, crapping on matches. Uh, we just did Night of the Living Duds where I was the only one that did not get the memo for that and chose <laughs> a halfway decent match. Um, yeah, that's on the wrestling feed. On the pop feed, I do a video pop game feed. podcast. The Yes, the pop feed uh, where I do the um, oh God, listen while you play. Play, uh, while, you- my, <laughs> play while you listen. My own video game podcast that I got the name wrong. Um, I, I'm there. I do that monthly. It's new video game releases. Fall is a big month for video games. By the time you're listening to this, I will already have been playing Spider-Man 2. I can't wait for that game to come out. I've been waiting literally years. Um, Logan, we doing any more podcasts? Uh, I think they're all on hiatus, canceled. Yeah, or... I was going to say, I think all the other ones we did together are kind of either not happening right now or maybe not ever. So. Yeah, in limbo. So, uh, yeah. But I just say thank you for having me here. This was was a fun, you know, I actually kind of enjoy it when the episodes aren't the greatest. That's me, uh, bitch, because if, like, everything's good, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) it was really good. What am I going to say? Oh, he missed an arm bar. What the hell hell do I know? (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did miss our we did miss our pod father tonight. But uh, I think this is me and you first uh, solo pod. I think we've ever done one by ourselves before. So and it was Uh, like nothing changed, Logan. Exactly. We had just as much fun as we always do. Um, and definitely listen to that uh, YouTube roulette that he talked about, because that gives us the debut of uh, Harpeth Kanui. So uh, that that legend of the wrestling business that I'm sure we'll talk about more in the future. Uh, wrestling star. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, big, big guy in Virginia. I hear. Um, yes. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, I have Highway to the Impact Zone. That's my TNA pod over on the Place to Be Nation Wrestling feed. And then the other pod I'll uh, promote here uh, is Talking Docs. Uh, that's on the North South Connection here as well. Uh, we talk about documentaries. That's me, Jenny, and Roger. Uh, we did Chimp Empire, and uh, we'll be doing another nature slash animal documentary coming up pretty soon. So um, just check out North South Connection, everything they have to offer. Everybody's doing great stuff. Um, and then check out the Place to Be Nation Wrestling Feed and Pop Feed for a bunch of other great shows uh, done by great people. So um, thank you for joining us tonight, and we will see you next time we enter the temple. Wow. Wow.